This programme was first broadcast on Otago Access Radio and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. We'll hop into any taxi at any of our major airports and chances are your driver will be a first-generation migrant. The 2013 census revealed that outside of European and Māori, 67 ethnicities were recorded in the stats for taxi drivers in this country. The reasons that bring people to Aotearoa New Zealand to settle are, are many and varied, as are the experiences. Uh, that they bring from their homelands pre their departure and, of course, their experiences here in our communities right across the country. A new book seeks to shed light on those experiences. Migrant Journeys features the stories of 14 migrant taxi drivers and on the line to tell us more about the book is one of its authors, Liz Grant. Good to have you with us on the show, Liz. Thank you very much, Jeff, for the opportunity. Liz, tell us, what was the catalyst for this project? Well, I think like lots of people, Adrian and I, Adrian lives in Wellington, I live in Littleton, um, but we're friends and there was a time when we worked together and we just were having one of those conversations about, I wonder why so many migrants end up driving taxis and we decided that we would explore that in more depth and um, hence the book. You've mentioned your co-author, Adrian Jansen. Tell us a little bit about uh, each of your backgrounds in terms of what you've brought to this project. Well, um, I'll start with Adrian. She's done a lot of work with migrant groups. She's a professional writer. She teaches also in the creative writing course at the Fitirea College, um, Polytech. And I, for a period, I'm a, a writer, editor, and um, I have a background in broadcasting. And um, for a period, we both worked together as I headed the writing team at Tapapa, and Adrian was one of my writers. How did you go about recruiting your participants? It was a very, it was a very interesting process. Um, we, we first of all talked to the Taxi Federation, who were very supportive because they were very aware that um, some of their drivers were having quite a difficult time. And they were, want, they were aware there was this sort of rich stream of different cultures who were coming into New Zealand, good people, just trying to make a living. So they were very supportive and put us in touch with people. I contacted Blue Star down here. They were very helpful. They have a, a, a newsletter and they put it out. But one of the things I'd like to say, Jeff, was um, this was a project that took us nearly three years, which rather surprised us. We didn't think it would take that long. Mm. And we approached a lot of taxi drivers and some were very interested in the idea and were happy to talk to us, but they didn't want to be in the book. And the reason for that is, and I think it would be true of almost all of us, it, it takes a lot of courage to put your head above the parapet, um, to be in a book as a sort of document of record of your life story. Mm. And some of our drivers were migrants who chose to come here and others um, have been refugees and they have come from extraordinary, and we hear it every day in, in the news, don't we, of Syria and Iraq, um, dreadful conditions where certainly to put your head above the parapet could mean you were killed. For, for those who were eager to participate, what were their reasons? For quite a few of them, they wanted to share their experience because they, you know, like I suppose the people in the Taxi Federation, thought 
they had a good story to tell. Or they told us their story and we told them they had a good story to tell. Because some of their backgrounds are absolutely fascinating. You, I'm, you know, I think of um, Dr. Hassan Ibrahim, who fled from Somalia with his wife and two daughters, and one of those daughters was only a week old. The family was separated for three years, and eventually they came here. And when you look at, in his time in New Zealand, Hassan has gone on to get a PhD, and he now works with the Ministry of Education to work with schools and migrant families. And you think of just the sheer determination to make a better life for his family. And I think that that's a message that came through from everybody, both migrants, some of whom have had quite a difficult time getting work here, and the refugees who've come from often horrendous backgrounds um, who would like New Zealanders to know a bit more about them, about their cultures, and how every one of our drivers wanted to make a better life for their children. In the introduction to the book, you set out the kind of the three pathways that that migrants come to New Zealand the, through yeah. the points system. Yeah, that's a choice to come and live here, and 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 for whatever reason that might be. Refugees we've spoken about, and of course asylum seekers. Yeah, were you able to gain perspectives from all three of those groups? Yes, I we definitely were, and I would like to talk a little bit about asylum seekers because I think. One of the other books that, a little book that Bridget Williams' books has published is something called The Quiet War on Asylum. And um, asylum seekers are perfectly legal. It's a perfectly legal way to enter a country if you are officially asking for asylum. But we're starting to get a little bit of language here that, um, if you like, almost demonizes asylum seekers and and starts to talk to them. I mean, the prime minister talked about them as queue jumpers and illegals mm. and talking about you know mass arrivals. And actually, these are just people who are, in many instances, just trying to survive because they've fled um, terrible war-torn countries. And I think it's um, I think it's something that we I would really love people to understand that being an asylum seeker is not a terrible thing. You're not a terrible person trying to jump a queue just because you're an asylum seeker. It's a legal way to get refugee status. I imagine in the front of a taxi, they might Mm -hmm. get that chucked at them from time to time by the odd person who's had a skin fall. I think it's one of the more shameful things um, for us as New Zealanders is that there's... um, they do get that chucked at them. They do get hostility. Um, Bob Wilkinson, who was the managing director of Blue Star in Christchurch, and I, I talked to him quite extensively because he was you know, a fund of knowledge about um, things. And he said to me, it's not the white guys that get picked on. And it often is a skinful that brings these attitudes out. And I think it's, it is shameful. And um, most of the drivers were surprisingly philosophical about it. They just said, well, that goes with the territory. But I think um, for more established New Zealanders, maybe we should question it. Well, most of them 
talk of racial abuse in some form. Was mm. How surprising was that for you, or was it not? I think that it was uh, a sort of a universal experience amongst all the taxi drivers we spoke to. Um, I think that took us by surprise. Mm. Because, you know, as a country, we like to think of ourselves as um, giving people a go. But the sad truth is that we, we like to give people a go if they're like us. But if they come from a very different ethnicity, like not an Anglo-Saxon background, um, and maybe they their English isn't fluent, um, I'm not sure that we do give people a go, really. I'm talking with Liz Grant, uh, who has co-authored the book Migrant Journeys with Adrian Jansen, uh, and the experience of uh, 14 migrant taxi drivers here in our country. Their stories, uh, Liz, uh, are of course completely unique in, mm. in many respects, but perhaps you could talk a little bit about some of the commonalities, some of the themes that emerged. I think I go back to one of the, th- one of the comments I, I made before, Jeff. Um, I, I, both Adrian and I have come away from this project with huge admiration for these migrants and refugees because they are, it goes back to they want a better life for their children. And, it, it, and it's very interesting making that, uh, that adjustment. I mean, I mentioned Hassan before, and he has two daughters, obviously very lively girls and doing very well here. Um, and he's quite um, rueful about the fact that they see themselves as Kiwis, those girls, whereas Hassan and his wife um, still see themselves as Somalian people who have settled in New Zealand. And they came here as refugees, but they have New Zealand citizenship. So they're Kiwis up to a point, but the girls are Kiwis. And he said that you know sometimes that can lead to what he calls interesting discussions at home. Yeah, well, how much of a tension did you detect between the participants' desire to assimilate and the desire to protect and promote their own cultural heritage? Within their own groups, they do want to protect their heritage um, because there's a comfort in that. It's like, you know, all those stories about Kiwis doing the big OE and settling in Earl's Court in London. Um, They're getting together because there's a kind of commonality of experience, even if you're meeting other Kiwis whom you haven't known in the past. And so I think within the family and within a, if, the, if there's a, a bigger group of people from the same country, they'll celebrate their culture and they'll want to celebrate their culture. Um, but they also want to be Kiwis. And that was quite an interesting thing. What we were hoping to do was to get a spread of ages and genders. It was harder. In fact, we didn't really get any younger taxi drivers. And we were we were quite puzzled about it, and um, so we, we did a bit more research into that. And one of the, the actually at the police training college up in um, Wellington, the liaison officer there said, you know, those younger drivers want to be seen as Kiwis. They don't want to be seen as coming from somewhere else. Mm. So they weren't talk to you about their refugee background. So all our drivers were um, a bit older. And they all wanted to make a life here. They wanted to be, to settle here and to be comfortable. I mean, it was, 
Helmi is interesting. Now, Helmi came from Iraq uh, as a, a refugee, and he said, well, I, I want to be a Kiwi. I want to settle here. He says, I got New Zealand citizen, citizenship recently, so I want to feel I am a Kiwi. I want to stay here because I love this country, but I can't find the chances. And he's an interesting, uh, he's an interesting case, Jeff. Um, as a young man in the late teens, early 20s, he was, he's from Iraq, and he worked as a translator with the American forces, which was, put his life in danger eventually. So he and a friend fled the, fled the country, leaving his family behind. And um, eventually he came here. So he had reasonable English, and he knew something about cars. So eventually he, he did end up driving taxis, but he also put himself through a mechanics course, and he was a little bit older than a lot of the young kids who were doing that course. He knew stuff. He often helped them. He said of all his cohort of students, everybody got a job but him. Mm. And he's he's in despair. So he's actually gone to Australia, and he was there, and he got a job within a couple of weeks. Many of these men and women are well qualified professionals in other fields, but uh, are frustrated in their attempts to gain a foothold here. How how well or otherwise do you feel they were prepared for that? Well, I um, that was one of the criticisms they had, or particularly of of the migrants. Um, refugees often don't get a choice of which country they're sent to, but the migrants had a better impression um, that they would be accepted and that their qualifications would be accepted, and so they they think. And there has been. Um, a recent review of migrant services, and I think some of these issues are being addressed. But they said they had a false impression of how, what it would be like to get work here. Every one of them understood that they had to have competency in English in order for people to take them on. Um, I guess what Adrian and I came to think was there's got to be a better way. We're losing the skills of um, of our migrants because we won't give them a break. Now, for instance, in a hospital situation, you, you want to have clear communication. So you can see that that might be a difficulty. But if you had a qualified doctor who maybe for a couple of years could be mentored and then at the end of that, then... You know, when everybody's comfortable that they have the communication skills necessary, then they could, you know, be fully regarded as fully qualified. But actually, there's a bit of blocking on, in a lot of the in a lot of the profession. So, it's, uh, employers are it's just all too hard for them. I think so. It is. I think it is. It's just too hard, and they don't step up and make that little bit of extra effort that would pay off in the long term because as, as I say all the drivers we spoke to understood that yes they had to play their part they had to improve their English and a lot of them worked um, 
very hard. And <clears throat> I mean, we did lengthy interviews with all all of the ones who appear in the book. Um, and although the English varied a bit, they certainly were um, adequate communications, and mm. some were very good and clear. For many of them, taxi driving was a position of, of last resort. How about those who chose to do it and love it? it they say, <clears throat> excuse me, they say it gives them family flexibility. And they like the contact with the people. And so it has been um, a choice for them that's been very positive. So it's certainly not all bad, although, you know, I mean, any job has its downside. But certainly um, for some of them, um, they're very happy. For others, it'll always be a second choice. Liz, who is this book for? Ah, that's such a good question, Jeff. Um, I'd like to think it's actually for all New Zealanders who are interested in, you know, our sense of community. Because I think what comes through these stories is that you've got really good, hardworking people here who've got a lot to bring to the country. Um, and I just like if, if, if lots of people read it, um, then they would have a better understanding, especially in in view of some sort of um, a mood of hostility. I would love to see us double our refugee quota. It's 758 people a year at the moment. We could take 1,500 and absorb them and welcome them. And I, I'd just like to um, quote here um, Professor Paul Spoonley, who's a professor of whose specialty is demography and at Massey University. Um, we have a quote here from him. He's saying, historically, immigration has been a contentious issue, but it is all that prevents our population from shrinking. One estimate, one estimate suggests that shutting our doors to immigrants would, within a decade, bring an 11% fall in GDP. So even aside from the the sense of social concern, um, there's a really practical reason for welcoming more people. And let's face it, look at all the lovely cuisine that we've enjoyed um, <laughs> as a consequence of people making their way to our shores. It does appear, though, Liz, that we've got some way to go attitudinally if we're going to not only accept more, but welcome them and make that transition for them um, fruitful. Yes, I think I think that's true, Jeff. And I think it's yes, we are you know a small country a long way from anywhere, and that can make us a little bit insular. But if we sort of open our minds a little bit more, and again, that's that's the thing about the book. That's the thing Adrian and I are hoping is that if we can get these stories out there in amongst the community, the the book exchange, you know, the the book club organisation. Um, is starting to get it out amongst their members for discussions. And we just hope that people will read these stories of, you know, these often remarkable people. Well, it's Migrant Journeys. New Zealand taxi drivers tell their stories. Adrian Jansen and I've been speaking to Liz Grant. And, of course, we should mention the wonderful portraits in the book by Michael Hall as well. Uh, yes. Definitely a wonderful book to spend some time over. Thank you so much for joining us uh, on the awesome morning show this morning, Liz Grant. It's been my pleasure. Thanks, Jeff.